0: hello and welcome to the driving more Show hi I'm Paul I will be your host this evening and yes I've got my uh, colors pinned to my chest for uh, for today um as we're talking it's six nations uh, we're gonna leave uh, leave the shaky Isles I oh, will talk about about maybe the news beforehand um before and uh, go up north and talk six nations today uh, join it and I say we because joining me um I've got uh, coding, sir.
2: I'm good. I'm good. I'm a double winner today. You know, I I bought this t shirt on this morning. I thought I'm a double winner. Got the flag in the background, double winner. 9, 9 oh. a.m. tip off this morning for the mighty Pacers, the 49ers. Oh, coincidental, right? This winning mentality. I'll just go put an Italian shirt on and we'll complete things.
0: Oh, wow. That's that. That's, that, that, that. Um, I've been listening to a, to, to a podcast about cycling at the, the end of each team preview. For the, for the season, they'd be gone. Okay, what's your hot take for the season? That's a hot take. Um, <laughs> the Italy are going to win the Six Nations. They might win a game. That'd be, that'd, that'd be a good start. Look out, Wales. Uh, good evening, Christopher. Good to see you joining us in the on the old YouTube chat. Look, you can join us on YouTube or Facebook um, chats. You can also watch us on Twitter. Um, but you can't do chat there because X is crap. Um, and uh, you can also listen back on the old podcast as well. So, yeah, so yes, um, Twitter used to be good and then, then, it's, then it all became this, this X thing. Um, and uh, well, actually, Twitter was good when he had Twitter chats back in the day. Um, but that was about five, six years ago now. Um, but there you go, that's when Twitter was good. So, you're, you're shaking your head there, Steve. You know, you I,
2: I don't hardly use it either, to be honest with you. I haven't used it for a long time. It's, it's, it's full of too much spam now, it's full of bots and it's full of just crap. The, the yep. days of it being nice and good and actual conversation or you know, um, informative and that sort of stuff is uh, unfortunately gone. It, it's hard to find what you really want now, which is a bit sad because it was, it was good, yeah, it was good, yeah, exactly.
0: It was good. And uh, welcome to the review as well. Yep, it's so all the chats on generally, chats normally on the old, uh, on the old YouTube's folks. So don't forget to hit the bell and subscribe and all of that, some um, kind of funky stuff. Um, because generally we do try and go live on a Monday, at 8 pm, but um. I've been a bit inconsistent over the uh, over the festive period but we're getting back into a a, a bit back into swinger things now It's uh kind of the season's heading to rushing, rushing um towards us all the pre show chat was about the old uh, NFL and uh, the old championship games so yeah congratulations to the massive comeback from the uh, San Francisco 49ers who um in the first half really were being totally dominated um hell of a halftime chat or it's in football they said oh they must have put something in the tea um, which they kind of stopped saying nowadays because you know what, that's all or, 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 or must be something special in the oranges because they have doping connotation there. Um, so they stopped doing that, but uh, hey, who knows with American football because they have their own kind of um doping regulations. Um, let's be honest, as they're not an IOC organization, they don't have to follow the same kind of rules that the rest of the uh, kind of sports do. Uh, but uh, but there you go. Um, so yeah, so coming up is the old six nations, we're mainly talking about that, but um, a couple of little bits of news beforehand. Um, yeah, the Chiefs in a bit of injury injury crisis um, by the um, by the looks of things. Um, heading off to um, uh, to Japan for their couple of games. this uh, Sunday against uh, the Panasonic Wild Knights, and then next Saturday against the um, Kubota Spears Funabashi Tokyo Bay. Boy, wow, well done! That, that's one that rolls off the tongue, isn't it? Oh. <laughs> I can see that's that's good. The, the the chance in the in the crowd are going to be easy on that one. <laughs> Go with the <laughs> Kunabato Spears from Bashi, Tokyo Bay. Yay! Um the uh clearly that uh that is, glad they don't try those names in New, New Zealand. I mean we struggle enough just to scale all blacks, all blacks. Never mind uh kind of put more names in like that uh, to create such great to atmosphere. Too many syllables. Exactly. <laughs> exactly, as part of the inaugural cross-border rugby competition. Oh my god. That, look, yes, the blues are also playing, but let's it's just pre-season friendlies, folks. Mm. <laughs> cross-border cross-border rugby competition. dear me. You have to brand everything nowadays, don't they? Anyway, Sean Stevenson, Moni Noire, and um Ettie Satoro all aren't traveling um up there um due to um due to injuries. So um not turning chiefs have enough depth no real crisis. no real crisis. Okay. Um I don't know lo- 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 losing your entire first choice starting back uh, starting back three um is um is, is something that's going to be uh, hard to cover he does um the uh, Craig McMillan uh, reckons they're going to be back in time for Super Rugby so um so no big deal there um small um, niggles apparently um but uh Noah still try, um coming back from the injury that kept him out of the World Cup so um yeah perhaps um perhaps not as minor as he's trying to um, make it out on um on that one um a couple of other players who also ongoing is um, Caleb Trask is also injured as well so your, your replacement 10 <laughs> oh, sorry, replacement 15 um, for Sean Stevenson isn't there um, so um, uh, there's a, a, another one and also Gideon Rampling so another um, back out also um, Josh Lord and uh, Tyrone Thompson are also not making the trip either but um, yeah five backs injured before you even start the season that's not a good start is it Steve?
2: Ah, oh, Well like you said it's preseason. season I mean I've seen you know all the all the talk of these squads and stuff you know with the Crusaders going over to um, England and stuff and now these teams going over to Japan and and the squads are very much a mix and match of players they want to either get fit they want to see more of or they leave out the guys they don't really want to get too injured like that Crusaders team that they're sending over there is pretty average. Um, At best, you know, a lot of major names left out. I mean, rightfully so, right? You don't expect too much more from preseason. So I don't expect too much from this. We're going to see a lot of guys that we probably haven't seen and probably, you know, wouldn't have seen much of anyway. Um, A guy like Stevenson, though, I guess is a bit of a workhorse. He would have loved to play every single minute of every single match that he possibly could. Uh, But, you know, I'm not surprised. It's preseason. Every precaution will be taken to make sure that everyone, as much as possible, is fit for the start of the actual season. Whether it be a niggle, whether it be an injury, whether it be, oh, I'm a bit tired and I didn't sleep well last night, oh, just stay home, buddy. Don't worry about it. So, ah, pre season, yeah, we'll worry about that sort of stuff. If it comes round one and those guys still aren't fit and they're not playing, then that's a bit of an issue.
0: I don't know. I mean, the, 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 the silverware is on the, on the line here. What? I mean, the cross border rugby cup, whatever it is trophy
2: i suppose Um, the blues will want to add something to their trophy cabinet right (laughs) since what is it the the tens that their last trophy wasn't it the uh, the, other reigning champions what do you mean that amazing tournament it was just blockbuster so successful we never (laughs) saw it again
0: all right it did last a couple of years but anyway so that is a bit more serious though is the uh, melbourne rebels Rebels have gone into administration that's a bit more that's a bit more worrying um look the um Rugby Australia have come out and said that they will not uh, guarantee funding beyond this year, so no issue for the Super Rugby this year. At least that means there is some sort of um, time frame because um, the oh yes, and also yeah, the Blues won the Super Rugby Trans Tasman Championship. You can never take that off them. Um, what well, we may oh, never, Always you when know, right? everyone else is short
2: handed, right? Always <laughs> when everyone else is short handed. them COVID or take less players, and then you can take it. Sure.
0: Um. So, uh, so yeah. So it looks like um, they're in a real um, problem. Um, apparently, they um, are uh, owing around nine million dollars um, in debt. Um, Aussie, yeah, yes. Ouch! I don't have that down the back of the sofa. I can tell you, um, <laughs> they have one million to the tax office, which isn't which just which um, which is is not good. Another million for using a- uh, Amy Park Stadium. Luckily, that's managed by the state government. Um, so. Uh, you'd think they wouldn't turn around and say, huh, you can't, open, we're not unlocking the gates unless you actually pay up, which if it was a private venue, they might do, mm. which would have been a bit embarrassing because isn't some, the super round? Super round. <laughs> that yeah. would be, not it? All 16, well, until you pay up, super, people are not opening the gates. Um,
2: you bring but, a million so dollars like with you when you fly over and we'll be right. Yeah. A million <laughs> each.
0: Um so look, let's just hope it just means that this this season doesn't get interrupted. And um, and hope, look, it'd be having a um, fifth team is is a good thing. But clearly, uh, the rebels never really have um, got off the ground. Um, there's you know, um, their initial idea of going with um, names to try and get people um, in the door. Um, was um, I'm not sure that was. Uh, that, that kind of that kind of didn't work and then they went away from that with you with something like your, your Curtly beals your um james o'connors um your danny cipriani's um all stealing bottles of vodka from behind the behind the uh behind the bar in nightclubs <sighs> there's a reason why these players were available um and um uh and then they went down to the homegrown um and using the um uh the melbourne the melbourne spirits i think it was called um mpc team and that actually seemed to be like seems to be working um and then the NPC, not NPC, but um, NRC. Or, NRC. Thank you. And then the NRC got canned. Um, but they actually, they, they did seem to be on on the right track at one point. But then, yeah, NRC canned, and it doesn't seem to have really um, got itself going. Uh, since then, it's always been uh, bouncing around. I think it got, didn't it get sold to the current crowd for one dollar or something like that? Um, so um, the uh, it, it's it's always been kind of on the verge, unfortunately. Uh, so I can't see. Um, in all honesty, I can't see it surviving. Um, some suggestions in the chat of it being, being replaced by a Hong Kong franchise, um, uh, which uh, uh, the uh, which brings up a whole bunch of um, uh, sort of sports, watching and political issues. Uh, I'm not sure that a that a Hong Kong franchise is necessarily um, the best route to go down. Um, clearly, um, clearly the, the Japanese boat has um, has sailed um, on a, on a Sunwolves. But I wouldn't be surprised to see them replaced by the um, um, coming back, to be honest with you, um, to make up the numbers. I think it's a bad idea. I think you want to have teams in the right time zone and actually be able to watch games um, on a, for personally. Uh, but um, there you go. Any. How do, do you think we're going to shrink Super Rugby next year or do you think they'll survive or or how will they re- be replaced?
2: Dude, this is sansa it depends what their um, <laughs> breakfast cereal tells them in the morning that they make the decision what they're going to do so there's it's too far to go between now and when there's actually going to have to be a decision time isn't there for them to actually make a logical uh decision on what they're going to do about this or so we'll, we'll, aru whoever's going to make the ultimate decision about the future of the competition or the future of the teams or or whatever but look just in terms of well, rugby Australia for the Rebels as a, a franchise, it's, I don't think they're going to be the last team that fall down this sort of pit of, of financial doom. It's just the way that the whole global game is going right now. You know, we've seen all those uh, English clubs going down the same path and, and falling into liquidations and stuff like that. So I'm not surprised that we're seeing the same sort of thing over here um, with Australia, but it's a shame. It's a, it's a really big shame, right? Because all the battle, you know, the Rebels and the Force are just, constantly in turmoil, aren't they, of trying to keep a team. You don't have to worry about actually being good, because success is just getting your team or getting in the competition for that season. At the rate they're going, you know, it's it's a season here, a season there. It's like, yes, we've got a team in Super Rugby this year. Who cares? Just throw something together, we'll deal with that next year. Next year comes around, there's another issue. So, you know, it, it you can see why teams like the Brumbies uh, and the Reds and the Waratahs, a lot more established they probably don't have as much concern about the off-field things as these other teams like the Rebels and the Force do. So they've got more time to concentrate and focus their resources on the on-field problems of winning the game, right? The Rebels and the Force, it's just been too much off and on. Um, and again, well, it's all about money, isn't it? It's always about money. It's a, Some problems, of oh, money always rears that ugly head. So I hope they sort it out, right? I hope somehow, whether Rugby right, Australia does something or whatever, sort something out because I think Australia needs five teams, right? I think they need the teams because sure they don't have that high quality of player, but they need that opportunity for that depth to come through. And if you focus everything and condense it down into less teams, you're lessening the opportunities for players. And that's my take on it. Sure. Okay. The strength of the competition goes down a bit, but I believe that you need to actually build these players up and give them first team opportunities to go through. So uh, that's for me. Whether we'll see them next year, I mean, you're going to put the Hawkeyes in in the Australian conference with you know together with those sides, or you know, we don't uh, have don't
0: com- we don't have conferences you're anymore. Still,
2: you're still playing more local teams, and you're playing the yeah, other teams. True. So you know, derby. Sorry, okay. Are you going to have a, the Hawkeyes playing Australian derbies, <laughs> than New Zealand derbies? Sorry, you get what I mean, right? Um Neither's local, right? So. It it it'll be a shitstorm about right, where you you swing it. Um, so hopefully the rebels sort their crap out, and who knows what Sandsdale will do after that. Just throw something at the wall and hope it sticks, like usual.
0: Yeah, I mean, it does, they did point out that, that um pre-COVID they used to get some um, five point five million. Uh, this is all in Aussie dollars, by the way. Um, and that's gone down to three point nine, um, as uh, the Western Force got cut, uh, and also um. The other as, as, and also the COVID cut amount they got. That doesn't explain where the nine million has disappeared because that's uh, it's not been long enough to, to rack up that, but it does explain where some of the issues um are around. But um, yeah, the Reds are the only team that apparently in our live chat that's uh, that, that make any that actually make a profit. Um, at the end of the day, these aren't about making profit, it's about just breaking even, um, and developing players for the national team. Let's be honest, and that applies also to the New Zealand franchises, they're never making a profit. Um, with the with the crowds they get, um, and not owning your own stadium at the end of the day. Um, on 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 that side of things, and some comments about the force are, are fine because they're privately owned. Yeah, they're fine as long as as long as Twiggy doesn't um doesn't decide doesn't like rugby anymore. Um, at the end of the day, um, which because we've seen that works really well having private ownership of um of, of multi millionaires in um in uh, in England, for example. I mean, they've only lost three teams recently. <laughs> um, uh, so yes. Um, the, uh, so, uh, yeah, most of the teams let's be honest are um are union owned over here um there was a comment also that we might be down to, down to 10 team soon if we're not careful about um depending on what happens with the uh, um uh, with the um moana pacifica and yes yeah you do uh, seeing them moving around you do kind of wonder w- what's going on there and what their future um, plans are um some comments also that yeah that, that um most sports have like a five or ten year expansion plan.
2: <laughs>
0: oh deary me, that sounds hilarious. I mean <laughs> um super Rugby hasn't has never had a had an expansion plan, and that's been one of the big problems with it. it they just had a does plan. Ad hoc. Yeah, plan. What the hell's one yes. of those?
2: Pigs <laughs> no. me, no idea. They're the worst for coming up with plans, right? I think they're terrible. Yeah. yeah. They're, don't think... their
0: plans last as long as the T V contract?
2: No. No, the plans happen when there's a TV contract for about that two-month period of negotiations and settlement and then poof, it's gone, out the window, no problem. I I reckon privatisation is is the way of of the future. Um, And I think making teams more financially viable in making these players assets rather than just being players, making these players not bigger than the sport so much, but having... As in a force player who's a real marquee, you know, making that guy like they kind of do, you know, with the football and other sports, you've got players who are almost bigger than the teams, right? Because that, they they're their marquee. And and just publish those guys out there and and get some sort of support and make financial advancements through that, sort of by having those sort of assets that they can actually market more than just being like, hey, super so rugby starting. Here's our team. That's it. Uh, and the signal starts in three weeks. You know, there's no real effort to actually go out there and I don't know, you know, t-shirt sales don't sell make much money, right? But that's just the start. You know, you, you've got to have people going places. You've got to have, you know, uh the the sponsorship uh connections, right? Go and do Uh, sponsorship events with companies that take people to that company that makes them want to be partnered with you right Uh, like we see all the time with these american sports you see people or players going to these events it's like hey we've got bill bob and john coming this weekend come to our store come to our you know big corporate whatever you know three thousand people show up whatever that's enough you know but it's getting that partnership that actually makes them want to partner who wants to partner with the rebels what are they going to do for you Nothing. It's like you'll get the name on the a little sleeve, shoulder there, and you'll get a billboard in one corner opposite to where the players run out. So it gets very little TV time. So I mean, they can do a lot more effort to make money.
0: Um, so we have got a few comments in the in the live chat around um, call it whether, whether I'm Marxist or not um, by being anti-privatization. Christopher says uh, business, private businessmen are good at running businesses, not unions. Look at the end of the day, if it's these teams can be self-funding absolutely no problem with it being privatised, right? The problem is, with rugby at the moment, that outside of France and outside of Japan, every single club or every um, club side or every single domestic side loses money and is funded by the national team, right? The national team makes money at the end of the day. The All Blacks make money. Um, they get big advertising and that money then is paid to to basically props up the Super Rugby teams. And therefore, the Super Rugby teams are only there to provide players for the All Blacks because the All Blacks make the money. Right, if they can make the money on their own, um, on their own two feet, then absolutely, I, I've got no problem with privatizing them at all. It works in the NFL, it works in the NBA, it works in the NHL, etc. Right, that's where it works. Where the team makes money, these teams are losing money hand over fist, and they only they only stay, they only exist because of handouts or be, or because of funding. Sorry, from the unions um, to to provide players for international rugby. At the end of the day, uh, it all comes down to those fourteen games a year fund the rest of the game right um on those ones so um look if if if, there's a, if if someone has a financial model that sees super rugby franchises be able to self-fund um i'm all for private ownership but whilst it's uh basically a vanity project for these people because at the end at the end of the day they um they're losing money they're not making money off these of owning one of these franchises um then to me private ownership doesn't work if it's just a vanity project
2: The problem is as well, I think that's going to get a bit of a thumbs down from the current owners as the, you know, the National Union owns the clubs right now. Right. Is that having privatization ownership of these franchises does mean the focus goes on actually these clubs and success rather than, like you say, being feeders. Right. At the moment, it's like, okay, you're just here to try and get to here. Uh, If you privatize it, then it's a fact of the matter. is like, well, for me, who own your contract and the club. I want you to be here doing this for this club. This is your focus. I don't care if you get internationally selected or not. So in a way, they're kind of going to look after themselves and be like, well, I don't want someone to take their focus away from our pinnacle all-black jersey. I want the focus to be on that all-black jersey. You know, if it's coming along, a Panasonic buys the Highlanders, you know, and it's like, well, I don't really care about the All Blacks. I just want the Highlanders to succeed. Um, You know, if you come lower than six, that's a failure. And then chippity-choppity-sippity-steppity, you know, things change. Um, So I think that's where, like, New Zealand rugby and that will be very hesitant to go down that path unless it's almost like their hand is is forced in that matter because they want to protect that black jersey, the all-black jersey being the pinnacle and the focus. Come, no matter what else happens, doesn't matter. You can be crap at the Highlanders, Ma'anonu, doesn't matter, we'll still pick you for the all-blacks because that is the pinnacle of rugby in New Zealand.
0: Oh, look, it was the the the, the initial use rugby way of selling franchises for each of the Super was 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 laughable. You're allowed to invest, for, you're allowed to own 49 percent for three years, right? So they still had a controlling vote on anything you did. <laughs> so why? Why would <laughs> it was, you? It's like, and you're not allowed to make any money from uh, from, from, from you don't get any money from the uh, um, or you, you have no no control over TV rights. You have no control over um, the of, 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 of uh, tournament sponsors. You have no control over. Uh, a whole bunch of stuff, you're not allowed to use your players to do X, Y, Z. And it was like, wow. <laughs> so basically you're buying it because you're gonna get some ticket revenue and that's all you're allowed. And it was kind of like, wow, that's uh, well, that's not a very good option. So yeah, so people again, were buying it, we're, we're investing because it was a vanity product. They wanted to own, to be seen to be an owner of one of these big, that's at the end of the day, the biggest domestic um, teams in New Zealand, okay. The Warriors have come up and now are, are, are bigger than, are, are as big as um, the um, Super Rugby some would argue bigger. bigger, um, but they're way bigger than if you own the Phoenix or if you own one of the netball teams or one of the cricket teams. Let's be honest. So, they, yeah. so, um, so yes, yeah, so that's why it's all done. Anyway, now we've, we've gone well off topic, which is generally our our, our kind of kind of bread and butter, and uh, and taking far too long, over, <laughs> which is our bread and butter. Um so that's kind of so anyone anyone new watching the show, this is, this is what you can expect or listening to the show.
2: Off task is on task. That's what it's all about.
0: He, exactly. Um, and uh, yeah, and, okay, so the review, can use rugby afford to run both Super Rugby and the NPC 10 years from now. Oh boy. Wait,
2: can they afford to run it now? <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't worry about 10 years from now. Can I realistically afford to do it now? Realistically.
0: Look, they can afford to, Just right? Oh, yeah, just. But okay, but but do they want to? No, right? Because at the moment, what they don't like is that the provinces have control of the NPC, right? That's kind of what the provinces is. they want the they, they don't want the provinces involved in high high performance at all. They want the provinces just to con, just just to do the um, uh, just to do the what's my call? The community game, because New Zealand rugby. Or does not want to bother with the community game because it's too much hassle. <laughs> it's, it's, a lot, it's a lot of hassle and cost for no income, right? So they want they want the promises to do that, um, and hence that's why we've seen occasionally like under twenties, uh, Super Rugby teams um, joining up for a weekend. Now they're not Super under under twenties Super Rugby teams. They're a team that's 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 scratched together for the weekend, right? But long term they'd like to be like the UK or, or France, where where the the Chiefs have a proper academy. Where the play and they have a an, properly and have a actually have an academy league um that plays underneath an under 20s league and, and under 20s super super rugby league um that plays um and that basically um NPC becomes becomes totally amateur which to me is an issue because and I'll explain why um one of the reasons I think the New Zealand system works at the moment is that um you see, all your all your professional players play super rugby right your international players then go away for six months and play international. What do you do with all your non-international players? Do they sit around kicking their heels for six months? Or do you extend the super rugby so that it happens at the same time as internationals? Ah, that doesn't work. Oh, hang on, because people don't care about it. So you've got to keep it separated. And unless you want your super rugby players, your non-internationals, kicking their heels for six months, the NPC is a really good thing to, to actually give them game time. Give all those fringe players who have sat on the benches and carried tackle packs back all season game time, right? It works fantastic for that. It's great for player development. Um, so hence, at the moment, I, yeah, I think going away from the NPC is a very bad move. And we've seen the problem that some Australia has, because they don't have that level. And people are trying to jump up from the shoot shield, which is a totally amateur um, uh, competition to Super Rugby. And they're totally out of their depth, because they don't have the strength and conditioning work to play at that speed. Um, so to me, that's why it works. Whereas in the UK, um, yeah, uh, the, the season just doesn't work because you've, uh, it's broken up by international windows and they try and not play in those windows to, because of the competition for viewers. And then the players don't get enough game time, but the international players get played too much, but the non-international players don't get enough game time. Uh, it's, the season starts and then stops and then and then stops for 16 nations and starts again it's just a mess um the new zealand model actually kind of works folks um so the more so stop dicking
2: around with it one usc game last weekend by the way <laughs> just, to, just to add to your point
0: yeah you have urc where that that suddenly stops for Two south
2: african teams
0: for a month or, or even longer actually for a month and a half is it so they've got between games um,
2: uh, for the Six Nations, uh, yeah, it stops for a while anyway. Yeah,
0: I, we've seen what happens when you stop in June for Super Rugby and try and come back in July, <laughs> it don't work, everyone switches off, and only the only only about uh, half the fans of the actual teams that are winning care, <laughs> no one else does. So,
2: so, they had uh, this whole month has been a bit of a mess, right? Okay, so so, so round nine has pretty much gone from December the 31st. To January the twenty eighth, in one round of matches. Yeah. Then we have nothing until the weekend of February the seventeenth, eighteenth, um, and the nineteenth. Obviously, the Monday for me, and then round eleven doesn't start till the start of March. So pretty much, there's two rounds between the end of December and mid March, or oh, early March. So it, it's yeah, like you say, start, stop, start, stop. One game here. Nope, you're off again. Uh, Twelve players are leaving. Now they're back. One game, but they can't play. Yeah. It's, it's a bit messy. And then yeah, you've how, got the Champions you, Cup drawn up, yeah. How
0: do how do you how do you run how do you run a um a professional sports team franchise that's with income with one game a month? <laughs> well, you had one game in January, you had one game in February, but you've got to make a profit. What the I'm sorry,
2: but <laughs> and continuity, like you know players coming in and out and all over the place, and yeah, know I I'm not including the Champions Cup games, which says they have been played. That's what that's what your interruption is through January, right? But now you've got the next two weeks i'm pretty sure as six nations and then yep. they have one week off and then they have a week on then a week off and then two yep. if i'm not mistaken or is it two two and one it's one of those two so yeah, you know you go back and they go back for one week just why don't they just go pff, five games you know uh i don't know
0: why because the six nations pays for rugby in europe essentially outside of france the six, yes. six nations funds it november internationals who cares Right, that, that doesn't really fund, but uh, yes, if you get the All Blacks or you get a South African game, you're going to make some money off those games. But essentially, the Six Nations funds rugby in Europe, and hence that's why everything else has to work around it um, because they're too scared of messing with it. Because if they mess with it and break it, everything just falls apart and everyone goes bust. Um, and that's so that, that's essentially what it comes down to, which is why what you really need to do is unfortunately flip the season. Um, in New Zealand and played the rugby championship during the Six Nations windows. Move your November um, internationals to January, and then move your um, July internationals um, to to May. Have June off as as um, as, as, as your off season, and um, start your start your domestic league from July through to December. Finals at Christmas. Sorry. Anyway, um,
2: that was confusing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so the, the year would be yes, january would be your I see saying, yeah yeah would be would be your visit up to north north northern hemisphere your Feb- february through till, till march or well, february and march is, is your Six nations or championship and then april or may is your um, trips down south and then your domestic season can go from july or even maybe mid- june through to the end of december your off season your off seasons in july it, it, sorry, it's always in
2: june Half of May, maybe, and then rugby would be a winter sport again. What? No, that you can't have that. Oh, no, 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 no. no,
1: The Six Nations no, no, we get have-
0: the casual fans. It does, and the casual fans pay for the sport. So, so the, the hardcore fans stop being so negative towards casual fans. They fund the sport. They're what brings they're all the computers. advertising eyeballs in.
2: Why are we having a week off? What? What? Where's our game next weekend? What's going on? Yep. No, it's crazy. It's funny. Oh, but I, I don't, I told, I don't think, think we'll leave it.
0: That's a bad idea with top tier cricket competitions in New Zealand. Who the What's top tier cricket? No, no one <laughs> top tier cricket in New Zealand.
2: <laughs> oh jeez. Again, no, I mean, the, crowds the are worse. cricket
0: in New Zealand is all about the Black Caps, right? <laughs> and the IPC, uh, the IPL. Sorry, IPL. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no one, no one, no one gives a toss about the. Um, the, the big bash that some people turn up for for a bit of a laugh um but apart from that nobody nobody turns up to um whatever it's called now
2: the uh so yeah super smash is the 2020 league
0: yeah super smash super, sometimes we go along to super smash because a bit of razzmatazz and a day out with the kids um but um but the the whatever, the whatever the whatever the multi-day stuff and the one-day stuff is who cares Remove the two bye weeks in the Six Nations and add Spain and Portugal. Oh my God. Sold. And Georgia. Poor Georgia, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 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 Poor Romania. The the two teams that have been going to more every World Cup than anyone else Um, (laughs) amongst that crowd. Yeah, ignore those guys. Anyway, (laughs) that takes us nicely on to the Six Nations. And let's run through, uh, let's have a look at some of the teams and um, what's happened because this is the first. because obviously we're, we're starting a new World Cup cycle, um, but uh, listening to the attacking scrum podcast, which I do, which is a Welsh, a Welsh rugby podcast, one of the refreshing things he's they talk about is that uh, apparently the coaches aren't talking about World Cup um, uh, uh, World Cup um, cycles anymore. They're talking about let's try and win now, and that actually this this whole idea of um, of World Cup cycles um, does has uh, seems to have left the lexicon. Yeah. So that's why Anton DuPont has headed off to play sevens for the year for this, this for a season, right? <laughs> if this was a World Cup year, he wouldn't be doing that. He's doing that because it's after World Cup year, um, and he gets to have a bit of fun playing Olympics. Um, so no, this is the beginning of another cycle, let's be blunt. But it does mean there are some really interesting selections by some of the by some of the um some of the Northern Hemisphere ones. Um, having a look at some um, uh, the England team. Clearly, the big news is that um, Andy Farrell has taken some time off and head, is going over to France next season. Um,
2: so,
0: sorry? Oh, Not Andy. Owen. Not Andy. Owen Farrell. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear.
2: Couldn't help And, um,
0: <laughs> and congratulations to uh, Jamie George. It just shows his dad's still more famous than he is. Um, congratulations to Jamie George on uh, being named captain um, at the age of 33. Bloody hell. He's going to be 37 come the Rugby World Cup. That's a long term. That's 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 uh, gone.
2: Long term plan. Long term. No, planning, no, no. Yes. I was just, I was just gonna say that, that's thinking. You know, World Cup cycle. That's what it's all about. <laughs> 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 oh, do captains matter? I oh, know captains don't matter, right? I mean, you know, like, is, is he realistically going to keep playing to he's thirty seven, or is he, no. Look, that's the thing of these players, right? That I don't get. Like, if you're a player, right? Okay, so say, say you're Jamie George, right? You're thirty three. World Cup, like, say, 37, 36, 37, whatever it would be, whenever his birthday's in October, so he's probably a birthday World Cup -er anyway. Do you keep playing and retire when you're kicked out? Or do you go on your own terms and say, like, I'm England captain, I'm retiring as England captain? You know, I I think that's that's a prouder, more better way to go. At that sort of player age, or, or do you reckon it's just you just keep going until you're not good enough to play internationally anymore, and just kind of dwindle your way out, end your contract with your premiership or whatever team, and and then just just bumble away to nothing.
0: Well, I tell you, I'm not sure he should be selected at all now. I, I think he should be dropped now. <laughs> all right, if you're you starting, if, you, if you're aiming for the next Rugby World Cup, he's not going to be there. So get rid of him. So, I, I agree.
2: 100, right? Yeah, I agree. Yep, yep.
0: So essentially, what you do is, if I'm him. Because of the money that you're on, as, a, as a, the whole point you play in England and not France or Japan, is because you want the England national pound, right? You want the money you get for playing internationally. So hell, you keep playing while they while they're selecting you. You're a long time retired, so hell, play as many games as you can for the, for England, your international ones. Get as many caps as you can, and um, and, uh, and and bank that bank that money. Um, also, currently he's eighty five caps. He's captain. He's going to be a hundred cap player. Um on the afternoon speaking circuit, a hundred cap ex England captain gets you more money than an 85 cap um England player. So help yeah, yeah, if, if if they're going to keep selecting you, I keep keep playing.
2: Would he would he be like if he does just keep wandering on through is it's you know to 2026, is he going to be England captain to walk away as a hundred cap English captain? Um yeah, or he, does he, it really matter?
0: If he if, if he doesn't play if if he stops now, he wouldn't even be England captain. Um, but oh, yeah, but, I'm
2: but, saying yeah, if no, I, I think, play, I
0: think play if
2: season, to, probably stop picking you. I to me, you get a bit more thoroughfare, like obviously, like the plan, right? He's going to do this, he won't retire, retire, he'll go to Japan, right? I yeah. mean, it's natural sort of thing. That's your money, that's your real money. To me, a player like that retiring after the season's sake, just for example, right? For me, from a player perspective, I'm Jamie George. I'm going to come out at the end of the season, just before the season ends, you know, a month or so before, before the end of your tour, whatever, or season, you know, internationally, go, I'm going to retire from international rugby um, as England captain. And you kind of get, I think you get a bit more, a bit more, um, just a bit more high inflation of your capabilities if you go to one of these Japanese clubs and go, hey, you know, and when I retired, as in, you know, now, I'm current England captain, 100 caps. Whereas if he goes in the next season and he goes there, well, last year I was England captain. They dropped me after that, though, because, you know, I was getting a bit old. <laughs> I, I just think, you know, that with a bit more hurrah about your retirement, you know, current England captain retires, gives you a bit more lucrative opportunity to go to Japan. Not that that really matters about what we're talking about, but just looking yeah. at that, to me, it's like, I agree, though, I wouldn't have picked him. Especially when you got Theo Dan, who was a bit of a beast at the World Cup as well. So I don't think that that's short on, Hookers, you got the experience um, of, of the Cal and Dickeys there as well. So, yeah, get him out of there. I yeah, I'm not
0: supposed them. to say but hey, hey, Borthwick clearly is talking about he's got Dane Coles in there. Dane Cole, sorry. Um, he's 36. 101, yeah. 107 caps and Dane Coles has been a wonderful player for England. Don't get me wrong. Um, but look, at 36, he ain't going to be there at the next Rugby World Cup. Come well, you say 40, never? Right? Well, never say never, exactly. Uh, maybe. <laughs> You're right. But, I mean, so this clearly is not a – whilst uh, in, in the forwards anyway – Yes, there are young players being brought in. Theo you've got Theo down, Jamie, um, Jamie Blair, um, Blair has replaced um, Luke Kandicki from uh, through injury. You've got John Hayes with seven caps, Ben Urbano with three caps. Okay, he's 29, but he still will make the Rugby World Cup with that. Um next next time round. In the locks, you bring in Alex Coles, again inexperienced in the back row. Um Chandler Cunningham South, Ben Curry, yeah, obviously Tom the Tom the better twin isn't available. Um <laughs> Um, Alex, um you've got some um, Tom Pearson, um, Ethan Roots. So you've got a bunch of so there are he is bringing in some people whilst, whilst, whilst maintaining that experience. So perhaps it's a perhaps it's a phase approach, which has to be a better one. In the backs, um boy, oh boy, let's just hope. Okay, that's here, here, here's here's my here's my ray of hope in this team is that maybe, just maybe, he'll change the style because if you look at the back three. We look at the wingers, right? Um, You've got Emmanuel um, fahey um, Tommy Freeman and um, Tom Roebuck were the initial ones, plus um, Will Muir was brought in. Between the four of them, they've got three caps. Maybe, just maybe, we're moving away from Tom May and Elliot Daly, and we're actually going to have some exciting wingers who we're going to give the ball to. Shock, horror, maybe. Arundel, <laughs> unfortunately, is, has headed over to France, and decided that hey, I've had enough of this scoring lots of tries against minnows. Um, uh, oh, sorry, tier two nations that are World Cups. Um, the um, so, um, there's a, 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 with George Furbank and Freddie Stewart, there's a bit of experience in that back three with only six and 31 caps, but there is so there is there, to me, there's, a, there's there's enough young guys coming through, which is good. I'm not sure that, that there's a few questionable calls like you, Dane Cole, Jamie George, Joe Marler, um Danny Care, 37. Seriously? What the hell is Danny Care doing there? Um
2: he wants that hundredth cap. He's he's dead interviews.
0: That's the only reason I'm he's gonna right Um Elliot Daly is, again. Um maybe even Henry Slade. Uh now I'm I'm a massive Henry Slade fan. They've, Henry, Henry Slade fan, I think he's a great player, or has he has been a great player. Uh but is he gonna be a centre that you want playing at the next Royal World Cup.
2: He's playing very well this year. He's played very he well up. domestically.
0: So, um, so yeah, so there's um, the whilst there, there, whilst there is new players in there. Um, Carlin says that Danny Care still plays at a quite high level. Absolutely, he does. But for me, he's not going to be playing at a high level in um, 2027. 20, is it the next one? Yeah, in 2027, he's not going to be playing at high level then. And I think, you, and we should be thinking 2027 because um, that's the next Rugby World Cup. Um, is uh, are there noah? Um, do we have totally inexperienced? Otherwise, I mean, Alex Mitchell, Ben Spencer, um, those guys have got experience already, right? They're not they're, they're not spring chickens who it's not their first year of rugby. They don't need Danny Care around them to guide them into to guide them into being professionals um, and to manage them through this. Um, if, if you had two 20 year olds fine um i understand him being there in a mentor role i don't think they need him in, in there as a mentor role personally um which but, but um so yeah so, so that me so that one i, I i'm not so uh, so so i think i think there's some questionable selections but i do have a ray of hope that maybe we'll move away from 10-man rugby
2: you know what i i thought you might have picked it but I mean, there's a really big talking point in that forward pack in that back row, being as this is, you know, New Zealand sport radio, right? The addition of Ethan Roots, the <laughs> Māori All Black, and one cap crusader. Hey, now he's an Englishman. Another traitorous scumbag. Um, I mean, pretty... I think... I look at this and I go, nah, you can have him. <laughs> right? There's like a number of them gone over there. And it's like, is he, is he really... I've not really seen much of him in all the Exeter Chiefs games. I've seen to really see him that he's ripping up the roots domestically there, but uh, that's a surprise. What I do like about this, right, and I think this is a Wikipedia thing more than it's an England thing, but Elliot Daly, centre. Okay? Now, please watch this, England. Elliot Daly, (laughs) centre. Not winger, centre. He's good when he plays in midfield, okay? We've seen what he can do. He's been very good this season at centre, not on the wing, at centre. So just play him at centre, okay? If you're going to use him, play him in the midfield. God damn it. It's not that hard. But yes, I am I'm of belief with you that uh, if this England team do play with a bit of expansiveness, and I'm hoping they do with the names they've got in the number 10 jumper, as opposed to one who shall not be named, Mr. Shoulders, and uh, I'm disappointed Oli Lawrence got injured. I'm really disappointed Ollie Lawrence got injured because I was super excited. He's been devastating this season uh, for the Mighty Bath side. So I thought he was going to be a, a massive, massive player for that midfield. But hey, th- there's stacks of talent throughout there. Uh, England has a lot of backline players that can do damage. So let's transition England. Let's be positive and proactive. Play Daly in centre. And let's get some exciting guys. I think we've talked about this before through Super Rugby and with the All Blacks and all that sort of stuff. Your outside backs, your wingers especially, don't need to be super experienced, right? It's no. the most position you can get away with having young guys out there and say, just stay out there. If the ball comes your way, do your thing. Especially X Factor guys, right? Okay, go looking a bit, but you know, get a feel for the game first before you go looking for too much work. Learn what it's all about. Get yourself a chance. Have a couple of touches, right? Try to do something special. You're a winger. You're supposed to do those finishing touches. You know, dive into the corner with your body in the air. something from Northern Hemisphere Rugby I've noticed watching it this season that they don't dive in the air. They dive on the ground. And, oh, no, you've gone into touch. Well, of course you have. So let's stay aerial people as well. It's like a coaching clinic here from what I've seen. So a lot they can improve on, um, but I, I do like it. This is definitely a step in the right direction provided they... You Elliot Daly plays in midfield if he's going to play. So and I like your back throw.
1: Very good.
0: Moving on to France then. So, England had nine players with 50 caps or more. France, on the other hand, have two in their, <laughs> in their, in their, in their squad, which gives you an idea as to kind of which team has moved on. And he's ready for the. He's looking forward to the next world cup. France definitely are, right?
2: That's rough. That's rough. Look at how many in the high forties. <laughs> That's a real stat picker. That is a real stat picker. How many in forty plus? is like probably twelve. <laughs> well, no,
0: even even forty plus is what. There's one, two, only say four players with forty plus. Well, sorry, four players. So plus the two, six players forty plus. So still, it's still less in England have gone for um the um so look I, I think this is much a uh, so, so, so I do think there's that uh, they've done a better job of uh, of getting rid of those guys in their mid-30s sure there's a couple in there um there's a lock at 33 um but um there's just one player of age 33 or over and there were plenty more of that in the England squad right mm-hmm. so I think this I think France are doing a much better job here of, um of moving on they probably had an, a, a younger squad anyway because um initially but even so um i i'm i'm uh look, looking at the say so the age profile um and the cap profile i'm much happier with this french team heading towards the next World World Cup than i am with England now big question marks for this um, this french team is the 910 combination is that it's disappeared it's gone there's no <laughs> there's no Pont and there's no Antamac.
2: Yeah. Though. Sorry, Jalaber is still there. Let's be honest. He who no one remembers who Intermac is, right? <laughs> He's been gone oh, so but... long now. Jalaber's been killing it.
0: Oh, look, he, is, he is there. Um, but um, but they again, um, Anton Gilbert, his backup, has got no caps. So look, so there, there's um, and again, at scrum half between the two of them, they've got 18 caps. Um, so you, you, your decision making team there, or the people who are running this. Um, is going to be really interesting to see uh, how France play. They've been so uh, well. Okay, as a casual fan at least, it's so much about Depont. Um, he is a, a, a massive, a massive part of this team, kind of culturally, um, and how they play. Um, and he's gone um, for for the season. So um, look, it's. Um, I'm excited about this. Uh, about to see see what this French team um, bring us because I, I think the coaching setup is fantastic. Uh, they've got a very good coaching um, setup that's experienced it's settled they know what they're doing um so bringing in uh, a whole french a whole fresh um, set of players and looking four years ahead um, around these um, experienced players um because they've got 1 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 11 12 13 14 15 players with less than 10 caps um and um, about and half of those have uh, debutants. So uh, this is look. This 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 is a, a, a fresh French squad after a disappointing World Cup. Um, sure, they got close, but at the end of the day, uh, this was, we, we we had them down as one of the favourites to win it, win, win the whole thing, to not get past the quarterfinals. The draw meant they were either quarterfinals or final. <laughs> Let's be honest, England shouldn't have come third even though I'm still, i, I I'm, I'm going to stick by that. Um, I'm going to stick by England with the third best team at the Rugby World Cup. Um, they weren't. Um, but yeah, no, I am I'm, I think I, I'm again impressed by the way that Fabien Garcia is going about this.
2: Look, I tell you what, there's, there's a number of things about this French side. Um, and I know you're talking about it in a positive light, which I'm going to, it's going to seem like I'm coming against you on this, but I, I am agreeing with you. But the big thing, <laughs> that I see, of especially the back line for this French team, is so many players are from Bo- Bordeaux-Begler, right? Nine, ten, mm. wing, midfield, uh, fullbacks, everything. You know, you could literally do a back line pretty much out of Bordeaux players, which has been, I think it's going to be massively key for them. Combinations, but you've got all these guys that are killing it at the moment, although they didn't do too well on the weekend. But Bordeaux is a, an incredible team. Um that have been on fire this season so when you got names like damien pinot you know and those common-
3: life is full of what ifs some awesome like what if ai could fold your laundry and some well less awesome like what if you have unexpected medical costs united healthcare can help get you covered with health protector guard fixed indemnity insurance plans
2: and then, like say, Lusu coming through as well into that position. I think I think they're well established because those combinations are already developed. I think they are going to be well settled, um, considering how many new names are coming through. I think that just having that core of Bordeaux players is going to set them perfectly all right. And then you add in like guys that will just blend in, you know, your Fikus, yeah, your Danty guys, um, your Ramoses, you know, they're guys that have been around forever and they just gel into the setup already. You know, they know their role, they know what they've got to do. It doesn't really matter who's going to be there, they'll, they'll work their way into the squad. And then looking at the forward pack, a lot of these caps, you know, and it surprises me looking at this when you see names. Um, and they don't have many caps, you know, like <laughs> the Malvacas, the 29 was like, okay, Alder only 16. Um, so oh, many Cam, guys, Cam, Cam,
0: Cameron Walkie, only 27.
2: Yeah, the, the, the <laughs> for Fanua, three, and um. remain in the back has nearly got 50 but you know those two boys have been plummeting their way around France for for years now um doing as they please so I mean I did does not concern me at all I mean you can just completely wipe out a lot of those guys because they're super experienced uh and it's a good blend so I'm not I'm not worried about that this France is, is my team they are my team this year they just look so dangerous in all aspects I still think they've got combinations. Like you said, they've got a lot of youth coming through a lot of inexperienced players coming through and they have depth because the last few years, this team, um, I guess probably last started last world cup cycle. And, and prior to that, they were very wishy-washy weren't they, if they'd players, uh, they were going in and out like socks. So bad at the time, but now you look back at it a bit like Australia, right? We talked about last week, there's guys in here that, you know, you've got four or five cat players just swimming around all over the place that, have a little bit of knowledge about the setup. They're not going in completely uh, blind fish. So, yeah, good and bad. But hey, the France look phenomenal. Uh, Their Bordeaux backline, yeah, Damien Pinot <laughs> is a freak. And then has been exquisite this season. On, on a string, man. Those guys got it just completely in control.
0: Well, so yes, okay. So the um, I, yes, I'm, I'm very happy with the squad. I'd say my only concern yeah. is that ten is that nine ten combo but you say it's no, probably no. going to be a bordeaux begler combo anyway so I, I, sh- I shouldn't be um but yeah <laughs> so if you if you're guessing folks yeah we're probably putting them um oh so actually yeah england expectations for this we should gone back and said what what what's um i think they should be looking at um basically uh the the, the main ex- the main expectation is is a, a a change of style actually use the people outside tent um and try and come third is my um is, is 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 I think is a good Six Nations for um, for for this England side is to yeah is, is, is to do that um, because there's a very settled Scotland side coming up we're going to talk about in a, in a bit <laughs> which are to, I think are going to overperform. Um, do you think that's about what so what England should be aiming for?
2: Yeah 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 I agree with you as well yeah both those things I think minimum third um, for them again will come down to how the likes of the Irish perform as well and and whether france are as lofty as i'm expecting them to be but yeah minimum third anything less than third will be disappointing and yeah try and you know win games by scoring tries you know get get the fans there pack, twicken them out and go oh yay cheering you know good stuff
0: and in france i think mean, we're both here that bring new players through but also win the bloody tournament that's what's that's, yep. that's gonna be that's gonna be their their, their their
2: their target yep, yep. win, yep, yep. not yeah. any less than first will be disappointing
0: Wales will be dark horses. They might be brilliant, but the, well, okay, we'll get on to them in a second.
2: Um, W's last. Come on. The,
0: yeah. Next, onto Ireland then, and um, the, uh, um, lots of uh, again. I guess more like uh, more like England actually. In this in this case, um, I mean, they have got three players with a hundred plus caps um, in this side. Omani, um takes over one hundred one caps. Thirty four. Will he be there at thirty seven? Um, we'll see. Um, Kane Healy, 36. He ain't gonna be there at 3940. Again, why uh, show, I think that possibly shows a lack of depth in in prop in Irish rugby if you if you are still playing Kane Healy. Um wonderful player, but too old at the end of the day for for, for what we're talking about here. Um the um but uh, you go from that um and uh, and then you then you get to fly half and go Harry Bryan, Harry Ben, um Jack Crowley, um and um, Kieran Frawley, K- Kieran Frawley, sorry. Um, between them, they have twelve caps, which just shows you what a massive gaping hole Johnny Sexton leaves in this side. <laughs> Let's be blunt, because um, again, they've still gone with Conor Murray at 34. Um, again, has been a wonderful player, but is he going to be at 34, 37, 38 at the actual World Cup no, as, a, as a scrum half? Hell no. Um, and it's not like you need his experience. You've got Jameson Gibson Park there, who's, first choice, who's been first choice. Um, you've got Craig, um, Craig Casey, who's also a decent player. Give him more game time at this level. Um, I, think st- I think they're stunting the growth of some of their players um, here. But you've got a bunch of players here probably who are probably hanging on because it's uh, for for a Lions tour, and then will retire after a Lions tour. Um, but I don't think Andy Farrell. I know he's the I know he's the, I know he's the Lions captain. Uh, sorry, cap the head coach. I don't think he should be thinking about that. He should be thinking about Ireland at the next World Cup. Um, and uh, will yeah, will those will players like those ones I've called out still be around? Um, uh, look, they are bringing us through some, some youth, but to me, not enough. And that has been Ireland's problem historically is they don't create the depth, they don't bring players through soon enough.
2: Yeah, that this- just. This island team is in a bit of worry for me, uh, especially the props. I, I'm glad you kind of pointed out those props because I look at Andrew Porter and I go, I like Andrew Porter, 28. Yeah, he's got another World Cup in him for sure. But um, he's going to be leading those pillars for most of, your know, post-Lions uh, Tour, right? Uh, when I agree, I don't think, like, Berlim, uh, oh, is Finley Berlim going to get a World Cup at 36? Is Todd Furlong going to be there at 35? Uh, that's a stretch, right? So you get rid of Healy, Furlong, Berlim, and um, you're left with a lot of experience. Although the guys likes of um, uh, Loman have been very good at coming through the system as well, but that that's a lot of experience, and we don't see those next guys coming through. What I do like, though, is I think they're very good in the second row. I like their second row. In Henderson is a bit of the old guy in that thing at only 31, Ty Burn 32, but Ryan Baird's been very good. Uh, Joe McCarthy was very good at the World Cup last year as well. So I think they're pretty good in that aspect of it but yeah the, just the old guys you go through I think yeah Ireland typically do this don't they and they, they kind of fall off the horse and you you wonder and sometimes they don't get back on that horse uh they just don't rotate around their talent enough and they kind of commit and throw everything at Johnny Sexton's and his mates yeah everything at that possibility it, it's, it's it's kind of like they see a world cup they see a squad and they're like okay This is the stars. These are the guys. And they're so focused. I think this is why they lose quarterfinals as well. They're so focused on it that they don't see past it, right? They don't see past and seeing that there's another season to happen next. It's like, we've got to get past this quarterfinal. It's all about a quarterfinal. It's all about this World Cup. It's all about making this guy fit. It's all about having the squad go through. And then this happens. And then it's kind of like they've gone, well, crap. Just hurt the guys we had at the World Cup. Just, just... Joe, whatever. It's like, have you really watched much going on there? Which is a bit of a shame. I'm at the back, though, apart from the 10s. But it's good to see guys like Calvin Nash from Munster, uh, who I think do well to deserve their chances. But I don't know if we're going to see much out from those other guys. You know, Keenan's. um, It's just good to see Jordan Lamar back in there as well. Uh, But, you know, your James O. Your Bundy Arkeys, your Ring Roses, um, those sort of guys. Again, they're not going to go past them uh, unless it's maybe Italy. But, geez, I don't know, at least getting to the stage for me that it's like, do you really want to risk those b team guys in an experience against Italy? Because you lose that and you look like a complete clown. And I don't reckon Ireland's in the position to to risk anything because, for me, they're not in a position to be demanding positions on this table, as in they're not the team that's like, hey, yeah, we're first, you know. We're just going to demolish our way through and, and build depth. I think they're going to struggle.
0: Well, um. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm, I'm where you are. I just, I just think this is a short-term, a short-term squad rather than a long-term squad. Uh, oh, just And I, sure. I, I think that uh, look, their problems. At some squad finals have been two or three injuries, and the guys that come in have just got no experience, and that's the problem. That's mm-hmm. I can just see them doing it again. Um, and uh, what's the uh, definition of madness? Doing the same thing again, expecting a different <laughs> result. Um, so I think this squad should be aiming to win to win the Six Nations. If you've got this much experience in it, you've got this much stability. Um, you should be looking at be winning the six nations at the end of the day. There's only one position where you really um uh, maybe maybe hooker as well there's a little bit of uh perhaps a little bit of experience, but there's only one position here that you've that you, you don't have uh real experience and that is at 10. um now that's one of the most important ones Christopher's mm-hmm. bailey says look Ireland central contracts are tied to club season a lot of all the players' contracts expire this summer um that's fine but you don't have to select them for the national team just because they've got the contracts right mm-hmm. um so that's it's more about planning for the national team than it is um, about. That. Sure, if you contract that way, that's fine. Um, the uh, so uh, someone here to so six nation forms are, are usually how they judge North Hemisphere coaches. You're not allowed much. Um, you're not allowed to experiment much. Um, yes and no. Uh, I, I agree that you, but you'd, I say at scrum half, you don't need Casey. You know, so you don't need Conor Murray and Gibson Park. You just need one of those two. You bring someone else in. Um, and other positions are like that. You've just got too many experienced guys and not enough um, bringing through the next generation um, of, of, of that one. Dr. Wright says backup Irish players from New Zealand tour 2020, in 2022 are good. Um, Coombs at number eight. Yeah, there's players there. I mean, <laughs> Ireland have got four very good provinces of worth of players. They've got players they can bring in. It's not like it's not like um <laughs> like when, when we get to Wales, um uh, when where they don't have the players necessarily to bring in, right? They've got the players to bring it, so yeah. Um, moving on, uh, so but to me, Ireland, yeah, got to be looking to try and win this now. Clearly, this isn't our prediction as to whether finish, this is what they should be trying to achieve. Hence, that's why we both got France and Ireland both <laughs> expecting to win this. This is their expectations, um, and those two should be top two at the end of the day. Um, yeah, I
2: think for, uh, Ireland's expectation is to be first, um, yeah. But, yeah, when we get to uh, predictions, I don't think they will be showing that at all.
0: Um, Moving on to Italy then and um, looking at uh, their squad. Now, look, they they do play less games and um, perhaps uh, um, Steve Steve will have a go at me again. But only three players with 50 plus caps (laughs) in this squad. Um, This really is a forward-looking squad um, in in here. you've got three props who have never played international rugby in this squad um and props tend to take a bit of time to um to mature so yeah so 21 year old props Luca good luck um <laughs> I hope you're in here mainly to get a, get a feel for the environment rather than being expected to play 80 minutes um I'm sure he isn't look, the um and um, and oh and also yeah change of um uh, change of head coach um as well um I think isn't it um, with uh, Gonzalo, um,
2: the Argentinian,
0: the Argentinian guy. Yep,
2: he took over. Yeah, this year, twenty twenty four.
0: Yeah, so a brand new, brand new head coach. Um, so it'll be interesting to see um, uh, what, what, uh, what 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 we get from this team. Because yeah. um, Crowley continue... lived
2: after the World Cup. Kerry yeah,
0: right, yeah. The so World Cup.
2: Yes, yes. I was going to say,
0: are we going to are we going to continue having the Crowley kind of attacking um, style? Or, um, or will they revert or, or will they go back to a, um, a, a tighter game plan um, and kind of trying to reduce or, or try not to lose by so much but a, a lot of a lot of inexperience in this team um, what's it four five six seven eight nine ten uh, yeah so nine players in the pack with less than ten caps or single figure caps um, and another four in the back row now, in, in the backs and the backs have got a lot more experience than the forwards um, so he's also pleased he to try out a bunch of new forwards. And look, let's be honest, Italy tend to have um, more depth at forwards than they do in the backs. Um, and have and um, so uh, so so um so that's uh, so yeah, clearly he's gone he's gone right. Yep, crowley has got got the right backs. There's no one else. <laughs> there's no one else there. But there's some there's some different forwards I want to try out. In this team, um, what my expectations from this team? Ah. I, as someone said in the uh, in the live chat earlier, um, to be successful in every in every game, oh, sorry, be competitive in every game, and to win one, I think would be a um, would be a, would be a good a good goal um, for for Italy. The reviewer says two wins. I think that's a bit um, ambitious um, for a coach in his first um, first Six Nations. To be honest with you, um, you've got a brand new head coach, brand new systems and stuff. Yeah, just try to get those bedded in and try and try and be competitive.
2: Would be would be my i think i think it's realistic expectations for this italian team the thing is though it's an inexperienced squad right it's an inexperienced squad of 30 whatever 36 players you only need 15 and then you need a few guys to come on and make an impact later on hey there's three props with uh with no caps uh but there's also three props with th- or two with 30 and one with 16 right there's your two starters and one guy off the bench okay one fresh guy, whatever, he's going to get his chance. You know, you got two hookers that are near 20 caps. This is Italy, right? They're not dishing out here with 100 cap players unless they literally are servants for their life of Italian rugby, you know? So I think you've got to look at this from a different sort of perspective, right? Um, They just don't have that same sort of depth and opportunity that when you look at a team compared to France. So, to me, looking at a guy from Italy that's played 30-odd caps, I mean, you look at these key names. Tommaso ellen has been in that team for what feels like a decade, and he's only at 79 caps. Uh, But that that back line looks exciting. If that that front row can hold its own, which is where you're going to get those question marks about it, if they can do that, then this is a team that can go, man. They can go. They've got the power in that back row. Uh, They've got experience enough in that second row with your canonis and you've got you know, Lamaro's back as captain of the team as well. Um, I just think if that pack can do their job and those guys that do have the experience can just make a, a pack out of it, right? Make a team mentality and make everyone give everything for Italy, which is their Italian, which they will. The back line will look after the rest. I just know that, you know, guys like your Juanis your Ange Capazzo's, um your, your Garbisi's, your Allen's, your Varney's, and the other Gabisi, of course, which is coming through nicely as well. Those guys are going to make things happen. That's what they do. They're exciting. They're X-Factor. And that's something that Italy don't normally have, right? They're normally a team that can do bits up front. Their pack has normally got some powerful guys in it. And they rumble around. But their backs, generally, have got no real idea. I think that's where they've lacked in the past. Whereas now they've got X-Factor. They've only got strong guys that are going to blow you over. They've got fast, agile guys like Capazos. Joani's going to knock you over. They've got fly halves that are experienced, but also technical players too. I just think they've got a, a good blend of of backline players uh, that can actually make things happen. So I'm just looking, type five especially, if they can step up, hey, I'm on the board of two wins, man. Look out, Wales. Oh, I don't know. Jeez, that, this is what I mean. Ireland, Scotland, Wales and Italy. So
0: look, on. again, yeah, you, you just say, like type five at scrum time and particularly line out win your own bloody line outs. as long as yeah. you can if you, if you get that platform give the back something to play with um uh, and they've got a chance but again i say it, it's you've got new systems coming in as well i think competitive and one win i think two wins is um is asking a bit much um yeah that win will will yes will be will come against wales let's be blunt that's 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 where the win's likely to come um moving on to um to scotland then um and here is an, another team that's, um, that's 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 kind of settled. You've still got um, your uh, your Ali Price and your Finn Russell's kind of running um, the show. You've still got your Xander Ferguson's um, W P Nell again. Thirty seven. What the <laughs> hell are you doing picking him? Right. Look, he had a lovely Indian summer to his career last last year, the last couple of seasons. But even so, sorry mate, but. Um, yeah, from that. But but to be fair, look, he's brought in Alec Hepburn and Will Hurd. Um, but Alec Hepburn comes in as a novice as a debutant, sure. But he's capped for England, right? And he just hasn't been picked for enough years to be allowed to change. So you're bringing in a an ex, a, um, an experienced professional player with international caps in there. He is not a zero cap player uh, in in the kind of the same way um, that other players are. Um, so the yeah. I'm sorry, but yeah, W W P L. Thank you for your service. You've been a fantastic player for the, for for Scotland, but you shouldn't be in this squad, mate. Um, again, you look at the hookers. Um, yes, sure. Johnny Matthews is in there as one cap, but he's thirty. <laughs> um, the um, so yes, there there is look there is there is youth coming through, but there's also there are a few players in here. Uh, uh, but um, it's more in the props than anywhere else, really. And um, perhaps um, a couple of locks. Um, will, you, will, will, will Guild Christian Gray at 33 and 34 be there in four years' time? Um, I'm not. I'm not so sure. So, but um, but generally, the there's a, the uh, the age profile is fine in here, apart from I say a, a couple of props, um, or at least a, or one prop really. Uh, so that, I think actually, what you've got here is a settled team bringing in some new players. Um, I think you're going to recognise pretty much the starting 15. Um, i don't think there's much change there maybe maybe a couple in that uh, in that tight five um sure hemis watson um hasn't been picked i think he's been borderline getting dropped for the past couple of years um and the other players um have um, have come through um you roy Dodge, um for example um in uh, in in that uh, in, in that kind of role so i'm not surprised that actually he has fallen out of favor um a bit like um, in the centers um harris i mean um to to see scotland leaving out capped lions what the hell seriously i mean that's um that's kind of amazing guys who were who were part of the last lions tour two years or three years ago now not getting selected in this team um that shows you the depth that um, scotland have got because those 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 players aren't chumps right they can play sure they might be getting on a bit but they can still play um and the fact that you, you you you're able to drop those and you have to look at this squad and, and not go, oh, my God, they're in trouble, um, shows that actually Scotland are in a good place. Um, and this should, they, they should be aiming for one of their best six nations in a very long time. Winning it, perhaps a stretch, um, but my expectation, my, my I think the goal for these guys is second, second or third.
2: Big call, big call. I did want to add to Alec Hipper and the Australian-born English kept Scotland, <laughs> just by well, the yes. way. Um, isn't it crazy this crazy eligibility man I d- yeah I look at this team and it like again this is this World Cup deja vu you look at it and go this team should do bits this team should do good um mm-hmm. they've got great players throughout they've got X-Factor players they've got strength players they've got uh guys that know what to do experience right an international level but I think for Scotland it's up here now it's all about mental ability all the players they're there, the names are on paper. The work has been done. But can you go and beat England? Just mentally knowing, going to that game, saying, yeah, we're going to win this game. That's what it, This is what it comes down to for me. Jesus, Nocturnal, stop stealing exactly the things I'm going to say, for God's sake, would you? <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just let this team, and I go, if we're playing rugby on a piece of paper, yeah, this team, geez, should be going for one of those big three. It should look at the scalps and look at those fixtures. Like straight away, you look at the fixtures list for them. And when they're playing at home, that should be key to them. Okay. They're Wales away, which is going to be, you know, that'll be a good way, but they got France at home. they got England at home. Um, And then in the last round, they are away in round four and five. So looking at that for me, if I'm picking on Scotland here, I go, they've got to win those home games. That's, that's the big, big key for me to do that job against the big teams. Uh Mentally, can they oh, yeah, do it? Look,
0: Wales this away should not be uh should, should not be something no. this, this team is scared of, right? Or, not, about or, or, or worry about. But um, having England, England France. and France at home, those are games they should be going, we can win those.
2: Exactly, Ireland away, that's what I'm saying. Yeah,
0: maybe not, but um the but absolutely the um you're right, yeah. That's uh, yeah, England, France at home, go for
2: it. Yeah, it's been too it's mental though. It's mental. Confidence is at home, but are they going to go into that? You know, you can't go into a game beaten before you go out and run out for the National Anthems. They've got to mentally go into this game and say, yes, we are going to beat England and our home ground. Our support, start well, get that confidence and go from there. That—that That is my only hesitation. Quality-wise, player-wise, no problem. They're, they're stacked. They're stacked. And it's great to get Adam Hastings back as well, who I think is a quality, quality little player. Will he get much game time? Ben Healy looked decent. Of the world cup as well, but um, I think they got three decent little 10 options there. Uh, with the ignomatic uh Leonel Messi wannabe Finn Russell,
0: <laughs> right, Look, you've got if as, as far as back lines go, uh, look, your back line's going to be uh, is is um, Red par. You know, Ali, Ali Price, Finn Russell, um, Tua with um, Hugh Jones outside him, and back uh, Darcy Graham, Van der Merver on the wings, and Blair Kinghorn at 15 that's your that's your rugby world cup starting back line. No one's left, right? The um at all. The um and then off the bench you've um you still got some um, um Kyle Stern who was uh, uh there and either you sort of some like a Cameron Redpath or a um or an Adam Hastings. So this is yeah you've this is a an experienced side that's bringing a few guys in. do I expect Harry ha- um, Harry Patterson to actually play any game time. No right i expect him to get experience of the the environment um etc uh same with aaron reed as well on, on the wing right those guys but it's so hence um it, it's a nice balance that way with just perhaps one player maybe two players that i think uh maybe maybe around lock maybe around prop i think because scotland only have two teams they're a bit um maybe a bit light in that area uh for, from a depth point of view and having to keep on holding guys that, that perhaps they wouldn't they wouldn't do otherwise
2: there's a bit of a battle between going the two South African wings uh, during the World Cup. So I, I'm, I'm kind of intrigued where they're going to go there, whether they'll go for the White Lightning King of Scotland, Darcy Graham, or stick with the two South Africans of Vandermeer and, and Stain, But we'll we'll see. But either way, it's, it's depth, right? And they're the, they're yeah. the selection headaches you, you kind of do want. I, I like Redpath. See, for me, I look at this team and I go, now's the time. You know, Redpath, okay, you looked really good the World Cup and your little cameos. You've been really good for Bath this season as well. Is it time for him to start coming on on a bit now? And Tua Loto is very good as well. You know, Hugh Jones, again, that's your experience. I like the options now. I like the fact that we've got okay, a young guy that's coming through that's performing that, that can start, you know. So Scotland's looking good. But again, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how good they've been. It's mental. And I think we saw it against Ireland. We saw it against South Africa, the World Cup. They didn't go into those games winning. They were like, "Okay, let's damage control enough so that we can try and you know nick something somewhere. Uh, try, can we get a good enough start and then maybe do something? You got to go in there. We're going to win. Screw you guys. Uh, we're going to score first, get the crowd behind us, and put you in pain." Have they got that yeah. killer instinct?
0: So to me, uh, yeah, Scotland should be looking at second. That, that that should be their 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 expectation in this one, um, with the rain loss against Ireland away. Put my, my
2: my expectation would be to beat one of the top three. De- destroy, Italy, okay. destroy Italy, destroy destroy um, Wales. Yep. Get, get one of those wins against the top three. Hey, if you do two, brilliant. I think that's a minimum. If they don't beat France, Ireland and England, that's a massive failure. If they beat one of them, okay, that's a par. Beat two of them, bloody brilliant.
0: Okay, so you're saying third basically in the table is their Pretty target. Much.
2: Yep. Um, Knock one so, of those yeah, top no- three off.
0: Yeah, so either so either England or or so it's basically either Ireland okay. or, or Wales are going to be upset because not, sorry, either Ireland or France are gonna be upset because they haven't actually won it and the other one will come second. And either England or Scotland are gonna be upset because they're gonna come third and fourth. Um that's the
2: thing, it's like the World Cup for me. Ireland, I think, is a team that they can beat, but they're playing them away. Yep. Yeah. That's that's a killer. If, if I'm playing Ireland at home, I would be all my eggs in that basket. Bango, but England and France, fool, I just I just think this England team if they play the right way could be quite fun to watch but if they don't uh, hey they're right for the picking
0: so moving on to wales then last 16 one. 16 players with no <laughs> with last 16 players with with uh, under 10 caps um your experienced guys are you kind of um with uh with i think it's four over 50 over 50 cap oh, sorry five over over 50 caps um the um Interesting, what your, your big one there, George North 118 caps, um, still going, still only 31. So, um, so yes, maybe he can make it to the next world cup at 35. So, not too worried, um, um, about that one. You, you kind of think of that he should be at least mid, if not late 30s, because of how long he's been around for.
2: His most but, famous um, thing was carrying Israel Folau on the Lions tour. That was 12 years ago. Next year, <laughs> that's now that, he was what 18, <laughs> he's 30 with 19. Yep. far out. But There we go.
0: So there you go. Um, the um, actually maybe he's uh, birthday's in April. So maybe maybe he was twenty at the time. So, he, but he had a couple. he already had two seasons of, of international rugby at that point.
2: Not many um, players do a full rotation of Lions tours and go back no. to where they started. Very,
0: very, <laughs> rare, rare. Very rare. Um, the the big problem for this team is actually injuries already. Is that captain of the captain, the Rugby <laughs> World Cup, is injured? Um, he's not available um and uh and and then basically that uh this is a very inexperienced team on the whole and they needed that kind of they, they needed that cap hit their captain to be there um to be leading them um again massive hole being left at fly half by bigger and anscom they've got um, Sam costello with eight caps he's the experienced guy um <laughs> kai evans with one and um Ion Lloyd with two, boy oh boy, and again, how are this team going to play? What is Gatland going to bring? Are we going to go to back Gatland ball? We better not try doing that with this squad because it ain't going to work, right? He's got a different set of players nowadays. Um, he hasn't got your Jamie Roberts, <laughs> um, who uh, who he built things around. He could say George North. Hey, could George North play the Jamie Roberts role at ten? Uh, sorry, at twelve? um no um it's so yeah so it's uh we're gonna we're gonna see a different style um than it's, yeah we're not gonna see Gatlin ball we do have that problem of um the fact that their their um, their captain is injured which is not so uh, which, which is which is a problem so again what's the balance of that background back row, back row going to be like because they're also missing um tulipi uh, as well but then again should you be moving on from him he spent a lot of a lot of time injured, let's be blunt. So um two of their back three players, and let's watch Wales have always been about your, your, your loose forwards, getting quick, getting quick ball, and then you've and then a a, a a an enigmatic fly an enigmatic scrum half who gets it to this to, to your fly half who, who in modern days kicks it, um in all honesty, um and controls territory. Um but this back row, but um You've got Wayne out with 43 caps, but he is not a nailed-on starter. Um definitely wasn't uh um your next is a guy is Tommy, Tom, Tommy with 13 caps um from Leicester Tigers. and then uh sorry, no, sorry, um Tame Basham with 16. none of those back row players are automatic starters uh last season or a year ago, two years ago. So boy oh boy, this is gonna be a an inexperienced team that's gonna need the um, their experienced players like your Gareth Davis, um, like your, your Elliot Dees or your um, Ryan Elias in the front row, uh, your Adam Beards. If these guys, um, like your, um, like your George North in the back, if these guys don't step up, then boy oh boy, this team could fall apart pretty quick. Um, because it's going to be it's, it's about hanging it around those experienced players, is how I kind of see it.
2: She's. It's kind of scary when you name those players and those names of experience that they need to hang out, and it's like uh, it doesn't fill you with much confidence that they're going to be, you know, leading much from the front. Uh, to Dante to Simon's question, it, it seems like when he signed back on to go to the 2023 World Cup, it had an extension to go to 2027. Um, is is the best I can find on that? Correct. From memory,
0: it was a, it was a one plus four. Yes. And so, if he's been given the plus four. He's through the next World Cup.
2: Obviously he has. Yeah, that's what it said. Yeah. So he got contracted to the 2023 World Cup with an extension to 2024 um, option type sort of thing after that. 2027, yeah. sorry, after that. Yes, correct. Um, this team, um, boy, boy, uh concern, uh, worry, how good are the youth? Uh, we are going to find out very, 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 very quickly. Uh tell you what, a lot of Welsh people have confidence in what this young depth <laughs> lack of depth is gonna do for this yeah, uh, Welsh side. So I'll, I've seen a lot of comments coming through about how this could be a bit of a changing of, well, a changing of everything in Welsh rugby and in, in the style in the terms of personnel and direction and everything for this team, which I mean, it's not a bad thing, right? So they could do with this. Uh, so the faith is there in this young bunch of players, which is something you probably don't associate with Welsh rugby uh, very much over the last few years, that's for sure. But I still think they've got a good enough players that they can do all right. You know, Costello kind of had those reigns, 50-50, didn't he? It was bigger last year. He did a lot of bench work. Um, he got the easier games uh, on his side as well. I, I do agree with you, though. They're going to massively, massively miss their captain um, hugely uh, for the whole season. So, uh, if they can get away with that um, without having Jack Morgan in there, that'll be that'll be a main thing. So, I think he was there absolute glue of that whole team so they're gonna to have to find someone else to glue together um and naming a captain of just 12 caps coming in uh that mm, that'll be interesting for leadership wise as well but yeah i think they're gonna struggle honestly they've got they've got little sparks and brightness around but how good is this depth going to be how good are they going to step up i think really we're not going to know until one or two games into this competition is that how good these guys are going to be and how quickly they can step up to the next mark. Um, and hopefully they don't rely on, you know, the George North so much. So I don't want to see everything going through his hands. I want to see this new wave play a style. Like these guys are all on a level playing field. Now's a chance, You've Probably got a bit of a free reign to, to start this cycle of, of new Welsh steps. So let's see how they go. Let's see, let's see how Wales are doing. Although they're struggling domestically. Can they turn it around? Can they build the cream, of the crop out of that? I, I see struggles, honestly. I see struggles, but hey, uh, despite all that, as much as people hate it, um let's just see how well Josh Adams goes. Woo-hoo! Go, Josh Adams! Everyone hates him. I said that and full of haters. Wow. wow, Josh Adams is not liked. I like him. I think he's strong and fast and a, a, a good finisher. Um, i gonna say boy, he's
0: oh he's nailed on. He's starting.
3: End oh, for sure.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean. You, you can um, name their back line right straight through. Um, going with Costello. Uh, why have they got good nines? Uh, Davis, Hardy, and Williams. I think are, uh, Wales typically have very actually, good nines, don't they?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you, 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 they've got the nines there. I think Williams will probably start. Um, yeah, I like. Costello. Sorry, I
2: like, I like all three of them. Uh, Williams yep. and, and Davis. I, I really like both fast, uh, both snappy, both snipey, uh, good players.
0: So you start with yeah, Williams, Costello. The centers are going to be, um. Tomkins and uh, George North, uh, then your yeah, real question marks come around this back three, right? Because Halfpenny and Liam Williams have had, have have monopolised that fifteen jersey. Lewis Rizomik was supposed to be the next guy, and he's <laughs> off to NFL. Um, yes. So suddenly, you know, you the, the back uh, but your back three combination there is really. Uh, I mean, Josh Adams is going to go on one wing. I'd expect Rio Dara on the other, um, and then. Good luck, Cameron win it at the back, I guess. Um, or maybe Tom Rogers gets a go. But um, because boy oh boy, 21 at the <laughs> having balls rained rained down on you in, in a, on, on, at a wet in a wet um uh, a wet game. Um that's uh, <laughs> that could be I say for so long they've had a lean wins a half penny there. It's like the hole that Dan Bigger's Dan Bigger and, and Anscombe are leaving at 10. They've got that they have got that 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 hole at 15 as well. Um but um Again, yeah, it's it's. I think they'll be they'll be they'll be okay for sixty minutes, and it's 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 what comes off the bench for this team is that can you, are your props going to just suddenly crumble? Is your scrum suddenly getting to start going backwards because your, your your replacement props aren't up to it? Um, are you going to start losing the, um, the, the 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 breakdown battle because your back row guy coming on doesn't have the legs? compared to the guy that's coming on for one of the other teams. Um that to me I think I think they should put it they, they should be able to get a 15 out um to um uh to 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 cope. The problem with with Gatland Wales teams is um and also says Wales need something from their domestic clubs first to improve. Well sorry but um under Gatland's reign the domestic clubs have always been shit. Um pardon my French. Um the um he doesn't rely on the clubs being good. So that I don't think that is required. The problem though is he ends up beasting his two players to try and get them fit enough because the clubs haven't done it. Uh, and hence the first game or two, they're, um, they haven't actually done, done any schoolwork um, and, they're, <laughs> and they're all knackered. Um, and the problem is, <laughs> first up game is hosting Scotland at home. Mm. Um, things could be going south very quickly if they lose that one, because then they have to trail Charles Twickenham, um, which won't be fun for them. Um, And then they're in Ireland um, uh, before they host France at home, which is going to be painful. um, And their saving grace is their home against Italy in the last game. But I can see them going into that game four wins down, um, the public all against them going, boys, you're crap, you need to thrash this Italy team. Um, And um, I can see them being really under the cosh at that point. Um, the review says Scotland haven't beaten haven't won in Cardiff since 20, 2002. If there's ever been a time when they should win, they're coming in with a settled team. Sure, there's a few changes, but at the end of the day, um, they've, uh, they've 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 got a settled team against what is a very raw um, Welsh team that is only known um, under Pivac. Uh, a a a, a, a a a losing culture um this has got to be the time that they win now admittedly they didn't manage it with pivek in charge um of wales but even so um dr rights i believe uh, domestic clubs need to unearth new talents particularly in Type 5 i'm sorry but wales are producing enough talent enough talent they've, they've got enough players they've got four they've got four teams um that don't have any foreign players in there, there, there's plenty of players there um and, and he's allowed to select players from overseas as well. So, no, I, I don't think talent's really necessarily the, the, the problem. Um, it's battle-hardened. It's, like it's a problem. Steve?
2: I think when get to the end of that season, right, that game against Italy, that's that's huge game. That's a huge game for both those nations because I think they're both going to go into that and it's going to be who, who's not beaten, pummeled, and bruised the most. Who's going to have a... a yeah, you know, who's going to have a slither of confidence? Is Italy going to have a, a a good nudge against Scotland at home? Is Wales going to actually play okay at home against France? You know, it, it's that week before that's going to build into that last round. You know, we're expecting them both go into that 0-4, um, right? Who's going to go? You know, is Scotland absolutely destroy Italy, 65 points to three, and Wales go into that against France. they and they say Wales lose that one, you know, 21-18 or you know something like that. That, I think that's going to dictate the mindset of those teams going into that game of a little bit more confidence, starting a little bit. Because both sides are going to go into that absolutely crapping bricks because they won't want to lose that game. They'll know that's the game they can win. And that will decide success or failure of their Six Nations tournament. Neither side will go into that with that mentality that we're talking about with Scotland of, yes, we're going to win. We're going to destroy these guys. They're both going to be going there. battered, bruised, beaten, demoralized, and really looking for some glorious hope. And who is less beaten up, I think will be my victor. I, I think you yeah, a stone sorry. Who you know injuries, you're four games in by that stage. Key players missing. Again, now those zero, one or two cap players are are starting. Um who's stepping up? Who's making that next uh that next journey to being the next best player or the next uh hope for Italy or Wales. So yeah, everything's riding on that. Everything's riding on that. To me, I don't know, Wales, Welsh people seem to think that they have a bit of confidence in this. Um, I've seen Welsh people coming through the streams and stuff saying that they think they're going to challenge the top three. Um, And I say, uh, that, yep, uh, opinions are like what you got at the back there and everyone's got them. So unfortunately, (laughs) I don't see that happening. But I think for them, they'll want to go into this and they'll want to win two games. I think Italy and Wales are going to be very, very similar in their targets and their goals. Very successful if you win two games. Okay, we've done okay if you win one. If we lose every game here, again, Italy, then they got absolute trouble. But I think Wales and Italy will both look at this, and if they unearth a few players that are sitting here on less than 10 caps, and by the end of this tournament, they're sitting here going, these guys are starters, that will be a big success for them as well, especially this Welsh team. If they've got a few of these guys in here that sit, you know, eight six or eight caps now in their career, and now they're starters for Wales, and they've shown good potential against England, against France, against Ireland, against all of the nations, effectively, but especially those big three, uh, that will be a massive success for them too.
0: Yeah, so this is again, see, be competitive for four games and try and win one.
2: Yep. <laughs> I think they'll want to win two, though. They'll target two, like Italy. like As in, that's our best case scenario that's like well overachieved we've done brilliantly well done you get an extra Saturday off this week
0: I like your way Italy's one is so Italy they've got England at home in the opening round actually that's that's a good opportunity England potentially trying out a new, t- a, 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 new um, a new trying out new systems um, so hence not quite locked in on what they're doing that's jeez um, I can't believe I'm saying this um, <laughs> 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 though I don't think Italy have ever beaten England um, so that would be uh, one for the record books that they did. Round two, away to Ireland, that's a real tough ask. Away to France, ouch, and then they're home to Scotland. And by the time they get that, that home game against Scotland, you're kind of thinking, boy, oh, boy, what's morale like after two real tough away games? Whereas Wales, if you're trying to get them, trying to get them two wins, home to Scotland. Scotland haven't won there since 2002. There is a possibility there. Right, maybe there is a mental issue for it, uh, for Scotland, which we've been talking about. Next up, they travel to England. Um, again, have England lost to Italy in round one? That's that suddenly could be, um, that could be the kind of banana skin for for, Scotland, for England and suddenly Borthwick's thinking, oh my God, am I getting sacked the following day? Um, they, they sh- that, that's not what the situation should be. English should be going to that one confident against Wales. Away to Ireland, tough for Wales home against France, I'm sorry, but yeah, France is gonna be way too strong for them. Um, and then home to Italy uh, for that last game. But um, yeah, you can see a scenario that works really well for for, for for Wales, where they beat Scotland first up, England lost to Italy, come in or have been pushed really close by Italy. Put um, Suddenly the, um, the, uh, the, the beat the old enemy at, uh, at, at Twickenham, and boy, oh boy, suddenly they're looking at mid table um, respectability, but geez, that's a reality that uh, happens. Perhaps one in a million. Uh, it's not. It's not. Uh, it's it, that, that. That's um. That's me trying to find a reason for why these Welsh people, why the, why the Welsh fans are so positive about their team.
2: I think Depending it's it's a, a breach of fresh air. I think that's what the biggest thing is. Is now they're starting to see players who they've been watching domestically, and been going. This guy's going good. Now getting chances. They're not seeing the same. You know. 20, 25 players selected in every squad with a few little extras that aren't seeing the, any ball or field whatsoever. Now they're getting to a point where it's like, okay, we've only got, you know, 10 or 12 players who are the old firm who were who going to start for sure. You've got to start putting these guys on the bench now. These guys that they've been seeing and they're being impressed by, now they're saying to see them come through. I think the confidence might not be, hey, Wales is going to uh, wreck in the Six Nations. The confidence might be that 2025, 2026... These guys, when they start sitting 20, 30 caps, now they're actually reaching their potential. That might be what the confidence is that these guys can step up, which that's believable. But I think it, it could be a tough year. But hey, you know, like you say, yeah, but, the, but also, the, we, 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 we
0: they, they came at, we, 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 we went into the, t- the, uh, the Rugby World Cup last year thinking, wow, will Wales get knocked out in the, um, in the group stages? Right. I mean, there was, that was a real possibility. And, um, yes. And they didn't, they came through that. So I think there's of a positivity there. Look, hey, True. We um, we topped our group. People told us we were going to get we we're going to get knocked out, and we topped our group. Gatland is a miracle worker. Fine, we did lose to Argentina in the quarterfinal, but look, he can do it. With um, Gats back, um, he's, he's 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 brought some respectability and faith back to the team. Um, where uh, so yes, yeah, so I think there is there is perhaps an element of of there the fact that people have put us down so much, and look we showed them that we weren't as bad as we said we we're going to be, as everyone else said we we're going to be. Um and instead Australia were. Um, the, um, but um so yeah, so that's uh, I think that that's that, that can also be part of what's fueling um the positivity as well. So this weekend folks um on Saturday morning at 9 a.m uh we will have um the uh, perhaps the game that decides the entire tournament which is a real shit way to start a tournament. France versus Ireland, right? We said these are the two teams that should come first and second. This potentially is the game that decides who comes first and second. Um, schedulers, you've got it totally wrong. <laughs> yes, this is the Rugby World Cup final. We all thought we should have had. So the last international game should have been this. Um, but, um, but yes. So that's uh, that's first up at nine am.
2: Are you doing a live stream for that? I uh, planning to yes for that one.
0: So check Our out game. The- check out CoreFlex's um, channel. I will unfortunately be working at 9am on Saturday morning, so hence I'm going to miss it. Um, Sunday morning then at 3.15am, Italy versus England, followed by Wales versus Scotland at uh, um, 5.45am. I might get up for the Italy-England game, um, but look, it's one of those ones where I think we should win easily. Jeez, what am I saying? (laughs) The um, and I, am, and I am at work at 9 am in the morning as well, <laughs> on Sunday as well. So, uh, a bit of a tough one for me to do a uh, a middle of the night game, uh, or a middle of the night watching one of um, of that. So, folks, um, we'll be back on Monday, um, to uh, to have a review of those um, those three opening games in the uh, the Six Nations. Um, probably also talk a little bit about uh, some pre season super rugby games. As we've already said, they don't really matter, um, unless there's a big injury, um, at the end of the day. Um, and That's the only thing that you can really see. But um, let's be honest, most of the All Blacks, or I don't think any of the All Blacks, really should be playing in the opening game um, of, uh, of of these of these, uh, these warm ups. Um, but um, catch Steve for his um, live streams this week and around the games. Unfortunately, I won't be able to join him, as I say. Um, some of us got work to do. Yeah,
2: lucky bugger.
1: <laughs> I wish.
0: <laughs> Stay it safe. Is my work. Stay safe, Paul, and uh, see you all next month. See you all on Monday at 8 pm.